Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Penny C. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area, and today is Friday, May 8, 2020, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 156. We will be reading the first paragraph, which begins with, One morning he took the bull by the horns. Today's readers are Wiley L. for the 12 Steps, Betty W., the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Lauren N., Susan H., and Katie T., the newcomer greeter will be Mary Beth S., and the host for the second hour is Lisa H. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, May 7th, are these. The 7 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time, 14,580-14580. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 14,581 one four five eight one. The OA preamble says that Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for membership. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now I'm going to ask Wiley L. to please read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Wiley. Good morning. Am I heard? We hear you well. Thank you. Great. Good morning, everyone. My name is Wiley L. I'm a compulsive overeater from Vermont. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Wiley L. Betty W., will you read the 12 traditions, please? Betty W., we can't hear you. Can you hear me now? I sure can. Okay, thanks. Good morning, uh, everyone, and thank you for your service, Penny. This is Betty W. from uh, Fayetteville, New York, a suburb of upstate New York. I am a compulsive overeater and undereater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or communities directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be of service, and with that I pass. Thank you, Betty W. And now, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, and that's really the first tradition, unity. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on the topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what we read. 
We are sharing with what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you would press star 1 to unmute. And once you are finished sharing, please let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 156 in the chapter of Vision for You. And the the paragraph begins with, One morning he took the bull by the horns. And I'm going to ask Lauren N. from New York to start us off. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Penny. This is Lauren N., Compulsive Overeater Sugar Addict from New York. One morning he took the bull by the horns and set out to tell those he feared what his troubles had been. He found himself surprisingly well-received and learned that many knew of his drinking. Stepping into his car, he made the rounds of people he had hurt. He trembled as he went about for this might mean ruin, particularly to a person in his line of business. Um... I am going, you're going to time me, right, Penny? I'll time everybody. Okay. Um, I just, wow. I mean, I took the bull by the horns and came to OA, but um, I didn't take the bull by the horns to make amends. Um, I didn't take the bull by the horns to um, plunge into the steps, I went very slowly in there and it was a long process to learn how to do these steps and to become and to be willing to do them and to be willing to give up all my foods. And every single time I've had to give up more, it's it's been it's been something that's, you know, often shown to me many times over before I've been willing to give it up. But I always thought nobody else knew. I was 287 pounds, and I'm 5'1". I consider myself round, not tall. And people knew that I was compulsively overeating. People knew what I thought they didn't know. I thought I was hiding it from everybody. Thank God today I am not as crazy as I was, and I've made amends to everyone and probably need to make more amends as I go through. But I am so grateful for these guys that did it before me and taught and, and wrote it down and taught us how to do it so that I could live happy, joyous, and free and hold on to God and know that God has a way for me to proceed in life. It says he trembled as he went about, for this might mean ruin, particularly to a person in his line of business. Well, quite frankly, particularly to anyone who lets out their secrets, that lets people know 
what's going on inside them and are vulnerable. I let myself be vulnerable when I told people about what was going on inside me and how much fear I had. And thank you, God, everybody was willing to accept that and was willing to love me anyway. Some did not and have not allowed me to make amends. Well, I've made amends, but they have not accepted it. And that's okay, too. That's the way it all is. And I have to remember that although I want everyone to like me, it is not about people liking me. It is about my cleaning up my side of the street. Okay, that's time. Thank you all for listening to me and being here every day, and I'm going to pass. And thank you for getting us started, Lauren. And Okay, before I take names for shares this morning, let me remind you that we have been asking folks to limit the frequency of your sharing to every third day so it gives um, a variety of people an opportunity to share with us. So who would like to share on that paragraph? Debbie H. Melissa. Who was after Melissa? Did you get Debbie H? I got Debbie H and Melissa. Don't know her last. I think. Linda R. Interesting. Leslie W. Jackie B. Carolyn S. H. Okay, here's who I have: Debbie H, Melissa, somebody whose last initial is is P. Dana P, I think, Leslie W, and who is uh, S.H.? Carolyn S.H. Carolyn S.H. Okay, do we have a... Can you remind us what paragraph we're on? We're on page 156, the first paragraph. And that was not a P, that was Christine. Christine. Okay, here's what I have, and I'm going to stop here, okay? I have Debbie H., Melissa, um, I think there's a Dana. If I don't hear from her, we'll skip right over to Leslie W., Carolyn S.H., and Christine. So, Debbie H., you're up first, okay? Hi, this is Debbie H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Kentucky. Um, I really like this paragraph. Uh, and when I think of taking the bull by the horns and making amends, for me so often that just means getting the words I was wrong out of my mouth. And um, it's still hard for me to do that, to say I was wrong, especially um, in cases when it's not always received uh, how I would like it to be. And, you know, sometimes with my husband, when I say I'm wrong, he just tends to agree with me and tell me all the ways that I'm wrong. But, you know, I have to be willing to um, be open and vulnerable uh, and not let that fear of what others might say stop me from doing the next right thing. Um, If not, I get this buildup of human emotion that um, 
that only can be taken care of by taking another bite. And um, this gives me a way to work with that buildup of human emotion. And um, I also have to have people to in the program to talk to uh, about this fear and vulnerability that comes up um, to give me the courage to go on and do the next right thing. And, and hearing other people's examples is such a strong motivator for me because when I hear people who are happy, joyous, and free facing their fears and doing the next right thing, it gives me the courage to do the same. Anyhow, that's all. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you, Debbie H. And Melissa, please give me your initial of your last name and, and share. Hi, Penny. It's Melissa C. I thought so. Thank you, Melissa. Hi. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in New York. Um, you know, for me, I have to look like what's my motives for making the amends, you know, and... um like, why? Why do, Why am I doing this? Why did I have to do it? And, you know, it was like this basic. It was like I needed to establish a relationship with God. And, and I was told, like, this is how you're going to do it. And because I was in search of power, you know, I did it because I couldn't stop eating. And, um, and I knew, like, at that point, um, I knew because I had enough experience that like the food was like breathing down my neck, right? That the diet was like right outside the door. And I didn't want to go back to the food as my master. You know, I, I wanted mastery over this thing once and for all. And, you know, what, what happened for me was that um, I saw that the most important thing was not going to be my reputation anymore, but my most essential thing was going to be that I needed close proximity to my creator. And I couldn't place my reputation above this relationship, you know, because then it meant that I was worshiping what people thought of me above my relationship with God. And that never got me far, you know. Um, and I had to make really hard, embarrassing amends like like him, you know, like that we're going to put my reputation possibly at stake. You know, I've shared a lot. I'm a teacher and I've been in my building for, you know, 23 years. And when I made my amends, I had been there a long time and I had a good reputation. And um, but I couldn't look certain people in the eye because I knew I'd stolen candy from them. And, and I made some financial, you know, restitutions, but I was, I was, um, I was being a coward because I really needed to take the bull by the horns so that I could look these people in the eye so that I could have peace. And, you know, what happened was I trusted God. And I found out God didn't let me down. It didn't matter anymore if everybody that I stole candy from talked about me or, you know, or even if I lost my job, you know, which I love, I knew I was going to be okay because my faith and reliance came on, you know, came on God. And, and, and so like all relationships, they grow when you lean on it for support. 
Um, and that's what happened. And, you know, the desire to eat was removed. And um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And if there's a Dana, will you speak up now? No, I think I was hearing things. So we'll have Leslie W., and she'll be followed by Carolyn S.H. Leslie? Hey, Penny. This is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Take the bull by the horns. Man, can I relate to this. How many times have I taken the bull by the horns? Um, you know, I, I, I really just wanted to just chime in on this because my, my experience with, um, you know, amends has been in my zeal to check it off my list. Leslie? Oh, my goodness. I think we've lost Leslie for the time being. Can you hear me, Penny? Yes, go ahead. We lost you for a little while. Okay, I don't know what happened. Um, Okay, I'm I'm just going to say that um, take the bull by the horns for me is is really kind of a dangerous thing um, only because I have to be careful about my zeal to check things off my list, my desire to um, to handle uh, these these issues, these these amends that need to be made. Um, I do think that we need to approach it with 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 gusto, and I do think that we need to um, really you know get after it. But but really, I have to be spiritually fit. I have to be able to somehow separate myself from the other person's um, opinion of me. If I am more concerned about my reputation than I am God's desire for me to have a close relationship with him, and to be free from this bondage of food. I mean, I don't make amends because I'm a great person. Like I don't do like we don't do this because we want to. We do it because we have to. We have to get closer to God. We have we have to to make things right with our fellow man um, in order to be right with God. And that connection with God is is what's going to keep me. Um, abstinent and sober and it's going to keep me in fit spiritual condition and so i really have to 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 to, like a like a previous person just said i really have to examine my motives here and make sure that that i'm ready to take the bull by the horns make sure that i have i have a peace about what i'm about to do even though i might be scared i mean i'm a human being I'm gonna I'm gonna have some level of fear. I think that that that's pretty normal <laughs> to be afraid um, to approach somebody like this. But at the same time, I have to know that this is the right thing. Um, this is what my higher power wants me to do. And if I know that, and if I'm right with God, then I'm gonna be able to separate myself from whatever they might say or do, whatever the outcome might be. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leslie W. And next we have Carolyn N. S. 
excuse me, Carolyn S.H., and she's going to be followed by Christine. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning, Penny. I'm so glad you heard me. Thank you, and um, thank you for your service. You're doing a tough job. Um, Carolyn S.H., I'm in Massachusetts, recovered, um, and I... I have so much to say about this paragraph, and I, I feel like I can't get it all up. So um, for me, this is like such a critical paragraph in the entire book because it is an example. It's an illustration of the entire section of um, steps eight and nine. Um, uh, goes, that's from page 76 to 84, like those eight pages um, with the instructions about how to do steps eight and nine. Um, and it's just such a perfect illustration of everything in there um, that we um, approach this with tact and common sense, um, that we go in a spirit of uh, a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ills, um, that we're willing to go to any length. Um, and we ask for the strength and, and, you know, and direction to do the right thing no matter what, um, no matter what the personal consequences. Like um, Dr. Bob did all that, right? And, um, and he did it before any of this is written, right? Um, and uh, what I learned from doing my amends, um, and I, I went through these steps a few times, and the, the last time, like, I, I, it, I felt like, I feel like every time I did them, I did them more and more closely according to how they were written in the book. And I really learned from my experience that it's not about doing them perfectly. And like the previous speakers have said, it's, it's, you, you just got to do them, but you also can't just um, like, you know, bulldoze your way through. Um, and one of my character defects that actually worked really well here <laughs> is, trying to do like being pretty anal and trying to do things perfectly. So I read and reread these instructions um, from 78 to 84 or whatever they are, 76 to 84. And it helped me so much while I was doing my amends just to really do them in the right spirit for the right motive. Um, and I practiced them with my, uh, I went over them with my sponsor. Um, and as long as I was doing it for the right reason, the exact wording didn't matter. Um, words matter, but I didn't have to get all tied up around it. Um, and just getting them done. Like that's the best, that's the best thing that I learned from this paragraph. Just do it. Um, and there's freedom on the other side. And that's what I tried to um, uh, pass along to the women I work with. Um, just do it. And even even if we're trembling, right, just do it. Um, and I, my time, I'm sure, is almost up, so I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. And Christine, you are next. Christine? Hi, can you hear me now? Yes. This is Christine Lesh, or L, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I really enjoyed this step. Um, and I, not, well, I didn't enjoy this, I enjoyed this reading. Um, I've been in the program for a year. 
And um, it's really timely in that I just, you know, I did my amends uh, a while ago, but I had one last person, and I just recently did that amends, and that was something that was putting off for a long time. And uh, in, you know, we with when I worked with my sponsor, we, you know, we wrote things out, and you know, we really focused on what I was going to say, and you know, keeping it to my side of the street. And I was really putting off this one person because I just. Um, was very, I wasn't sure I could be in the right frame of mind. I was afraid we'd get into it. I was afraid, um, I don't, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready. And, um, you know, we were, it's a, it was a scenario where I, you know, she's giving me an ultimatum that I don't agree with. And it really, basically it limits, the ultimatum is to not be in her life unless I comply with her wishes, which my gut, I don't, I didn't want to do. But I said some things that I, so my men's were based upon, you know, in the last communication we had, which was over a year ago, where I said some things that were not useful. I, I don't even know what I said other than um, I probably said you're just adding fuel to the fire or it was really not that big of a deal other than in knowing that, you know, when we speak to people, we should be respectful and if it's not going to be productive and constructive. Um, so during this COVID epidemic, she reached out by text to see how I was. First time I ever heard from her for over a year and um, I took a while to get back to her, very busy as a healthcare worker, um, and uh, so started communicating with text. And then she brought up this, the issue that was really our um, crutch of our relationship. And finally, I decided I'm just going to say my amends to her in text. And when I said this to my sponsor, uh, my sponsor was not, um, she, she was critical of the fact that it was by text. And I was really angry because I was so happy. My text was just perfect on my side of the street. And but um, in retrospect, it, it was um, I think it was a, a, a really um, I think it was an appropriate criticism. Uh, although you know she didn't she just responded with nice to talk to you. Um, I was very happy with the amends because I I said exactly and I read, went back to look to see what I wrote. It was exactly what I was planning to say. Um, our relationship isn't necessarily better, and that's unfortunate. I guess in some of these amends, you know, we don't, we can't control the outcome, but um, it just, I guess, it brings to mind, you know, the different methods of how to make amends, and um, um, and it's, it's just, you know, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm 53, and you know, it, it does frustrate me. I guess that we tend to communicate a lot by text, and that can be nuances can be, it's very risky communication, I think. Um, in this case, it didn't lead to me being having to make more amends. Thank goodness, but um, I guess it's just something in this venue right now. Is different modes of communication, and um, I guess we need to think about what method we will choose to make our amends. Um, but with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Christine. So we're ready to take the second group, and I'm doing my very best to, um, you know, I'm asking. Uh, for help and not not missing anybody. Who would like to share in this second round? Hi, Elizabeth I don't know if you got Michael M. Elena P. Whose last initial was A? Loretta Jen. Was there a Jen? Yes, Penny, that's me. Jenny, yes, thank you. Okay. I have Charles, H, Loretta, Michael, and Jen A. I, I want to take um, one one or two more. Elena, Carla G. 
KB. Samantha. I have the C. I have my list. It is. Everybody take a minute. Press star one so that uh, make sure that you're muted. That would be very helpful. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. So I have Charles H., Loretta, Michael, Jen A., Elena, and Holland G. So, Charles, good morning. Good morning, Penny. Um, thank you for your service. So the text says, one morning he took the bull by the horn. And, you know, what, what, what I learned from this paragraph is do it scared. You know, and, and am I going to get cut? That's probably right a reason I need to get cut. So, so that, so that some of those, those emotions that's been driving my life crazy, um, can, can get spilled out. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, this reminds me, you know, in, in, in the next paragraph, it says you came home tired at midnight. I hear some echo, but you know, I love it. It's good. So, I measure it up, you know, thank God to the sponsor I have. He says, you know what? If you're feeling some type of way and you're doing this work, measure it up to, to the promises that you're doing. Are, are you are you uh, painstaking? Whoops, we've lost you, Charles. Oh, I wasn't even mute. I wasn't even unmuted. That's how yeah, we only lost a couple of words. All right, I'm a pastor. It ain't that serious. Okay, thank you, Charles. And next, Loretta. Loretta. It took me a while to get unmuted. Penny, thank you for your service and thank you for the shares beforehand. I didn't think I had anything to say about this paragraph. Um, uh, the bull by the horns, uh, because I'm a bull in a china shop. I, the only horns I've got are my own. But um, anyway, uh, but I looked up the word discipline, and it said a firm hand, but we need to be trained um, to have that fir firm hand. And I know that this time around with the steps, which I've done several times as other people, I needed to um, actually get some direction on making amends um, and do it because the principles of the um, eighth and ninth step are brotherly love and discipline. And I needed to actually know how to do that because I didn't ever know how to have a relationship with anything, whether it was a good relationship or a bad relationship. So I actually needed some direction in how to actually perform that kind of um, communication. And I'm so grateful, grateful, grateful for this program and my sponsor because we actually read it over and then I went out and did it. And um, there was fear, but for some reason with the training and having kind of knowing with God's will in mind that no matter what, how that was accepted, 
I was going to be okay in his eyes. And it didn't really matter about the other person except for that I was doing this action. And so I am so grateful for the program, for my God, for the sponsor I have that actually showed me how to do this. And um, I'm just, I have a lot of gratitude because it's been a very, very much of a relief. And I forgot to qualify who I am. I'm Loretta H., compulsive overeater, anorexic, grace with God's grace today. And I'm abstinent um, because of this, this, these steps and my God. So thank you. And thank you to all who shared. Bye. And thank you, Loretta H. And Michael, it's your good turn. Morning. Yes, good morning. My name is Michael M. And this is a tricky one for me. I came into um, OA in my 20s. I'm now almost 70. And I, uh, many years ago, OA always, on the open meetings, we had AA speakers, always. And I was really, really young. I couldn't really figure out. I mean, I was doing stupid kind of uh, amends. I, I really didn't know. And then when, um, because of, of the way OA was years ago, and the, we always had open meetings, we had lots of meetings, and we had AA speakers. Even in the convention upstate, we took like a 1,000 people, and one year we had an AA keynote speaker. I realized that uh, I think I made more problems as I got older in recovery and, and needed to make more amends because I was so young and I was, you know, I, I can't explain. I, I, was, I guess very codependent. They, my parent, my father wanted me to take over his business. I was 16 and it started a lot of trouble because legally I should have I had to have been 18. And so when I could make amends, my father was passed uh, many, many years. He died when I was a kid. So, my sponsor taught me to go to the grave. And uh, I don't, you know, I think, not I think, I made more, I had more, more amends to make uh, being, you know, in, in program later on, which I learned to do. I won amends, and of course, in the 80s, we fell apart, or we fell apart when it opened its own books, wrote its own books. So I went to another 12-step program and moved upstate, and there was no programs. So anyway, the bottom line is that I, I am always willing to make amends. I have one amends I can't find that I know for sure, uh, but he's in California somewhere. So I, I really have been looking for him. But the I owed him fifty dollars, and I, I gave that to charity a long time ago. So I'm willing to do whatever it is I need to do because I came to Vision about four years ago, and it's so different. Uh, and for me, it's been very, very amazing. Uh, and I am entirely absent, which I'm, it's quite, quite amazing because I had not been for quite some time. So, uh, thank you so much for, for being here and, uh, have a blessed day and everybody be safe. Thank you, Michael M. And Jen A., and you're going to be followed by Elena. Good morning, Jen. Hey, good morning, Penny. Thanks so much for taking the meeting today. I appreciate you. My name is Jen A, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from Colorado. And, um, you know, I'm just reminded in this paragraph, um, and let's not forget the line before, right? He said, I saw that he would have to face his problems squarely and that God might give him mastery. Um, so that morning, he took the bull by the horns, and he set out to tell those people 
Um, and, and, you know, I have to remember that courage is, is doing things even though I'm afraid. And I'm not, I don't know about you, but I'm fully afraid to touch any bull, go into the arena, um, do anything like that. So taking the bull by the horns is a pretty good descriptive words for me that Bill used. Um, and how am I going to do that? I'm going to do it with God. Because God's the one that's going to give me mastery around these things. I'm never the one that solves my problems in, in this program, in this, in this way of life. And so, you know, when, when I take God with me, the miraculous, the miraculous happens. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I always remember um, walking on the highway, right? Um, the highway to the danger zone. That's the song that used to play in my head. Um, today I get to walk hand in hand um, with God and with you all on this on this broad highway. That's the difference for a girl like me today. And um, you know, I just I take a prayer with me. Um, it's a prayer that um, is at the end of my amends, and it goes something like this: It says, God, as I go forward to repair the damage that I've done in the past, I ask that you give me courage and clarity before I begin. Give me tact and common sense, and may I come with a helpful and loving spirit. May my manner be calm, direct, and open as I take ownership for my side of the street. Show me where to pause. And if I think I may become argumentative, remind me to keep it about me and not them. I place the outcome in your hands, God. Amen. And then, you know, I pocket my pride, but I take God in my pocket with me. And um, you know what? It, it's an, let's not forget the next line. I found myself surprisingly well-received and learned that many knew of my compulsive eating. It wasn't a surprise. Uh, down to a size 4, up to a size 22, down to a size 6, up to a size 14. They'd seen it all. They knew it. They just didn't know how to comprehend what, what that madness was, who that Jekyll and Hyde girl was. Um, so I'm just I'm particularly thankful um, you know, that we're told here, just take action. Go for it. It's going to be uncomfortable, but um, it's, it's going to gonna get better. Thanks so much, Penny. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you, Jen A. And Elena? Yes. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Penny, and thank you for your service. And I so much appreciate everybody's share. And, wow, what a, what a, a beautiful uh, prayer as a person before Jen, right? So I want to say in this paragraph, it's about Dr. Bob and the way he surrendered. And, you know, when I read one morning, he took the bull by the horn. I just read that he had that spiritual awakening or spiritual experience where the courage, if he was granted the courage, he was granting the courage to do the right thing for him. You know, and courage is not the absence of fear. It's just taking, doing something, putting my um, right foot and then left foot in front of another and doing the right thing for me to get out of my destructiveness with my isolation, you know, of, because in the um, stop, in the program, they talk about we're as sick as our secrets. And, you know, and there were, I carried those secrets with me for so long, for so long. And those secrets were shaming and were guilt, guilt filling, you know, and through this stop, if I have courage, you know, I will have fear. I mean, fear comes up for me maybe on, like nowadays on a daily basis for some reason. And thank you, God, for September. But if I have courage, I do something in 
spite of that. I don't let the fear paralyze me. And I move towards my higher power, you know, and owning my side of the street with everything, it will turn over my guilt and shame. Because I believe that one of my, my condition is that I believe that I, in, in, if I do make amends, I will be more full with guilt and shame. And that's not true. You know, it's, it's after I do that, it's freeing and it's liberating. And it makes space in my beautiful body for the spirit of my higher power to take over and heal and heal my condition and heal my traumas, you know, of growing up with alcoholism and heal, heal me, heal my brain that is craving for this and this, is craving for, you know, for television, is craving for like, you know, people, is craving, is craving for food, is craving for that kind of thing. So all of these steps are for me and they are the steps of healing. And I had therapy, many years of therapy, and that helped too. But I feel like this added to the healing that I needed to do. And I am so grateful that I have tools for healing every day. And I, um, I make choices. I make choices just like this, this Dr. Bob did. One more minute. He took the bull by the horn. I take the bull by the horns every day to, in terms of, Staying in the steps, you know, it, and it's not easy to stay in the steps because that's just, that's not how I'm built. I'm built to just go and be engulfed by my condition. You know, excuse me, that's time. Sure. And, you know, I'm built by, you know, having, wanting people to like me. And today I know a different way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elena. And next we have Holland G. Thank you, Penny. Thank you very much for your service, and thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I am in Scottsdale, Arizona. Let's take a look at this paragraph because this is a very historically significant paragraph. One morning, he took the bull by the horns and set out to tell those he feared what his trouble had been. What's he doing? He's doing what we know today as steps step nine. He is going around and making amends in Akron. Now, it says here in the next sentence, he found himself surprisingly well-received and learned that many knew of his drinking. Stepping into his car, he made the rounds of people he had hurt. What did he do to hurt these people? Did he say to them, I think you look like a putz? Did he say to them uh, something offensive? No, he was a proctologist. He was a doctor. And he didn't give these people the proper care. He didn't give relatives and friends and loved ones, he didn't give them the proper care that they had paid for and that they morally deserved. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. He was home drunk. And so he was not making amends for something simple. He was not making amends, just money amends or what have you. He was making amends because his alcoholism messed with the lives of people that had families and friends and loved ones of, other, of all types. That's what he was making amends for. And when he didn't 
take the program piecemeal and say, I'll do this, but I won't do that. As he did prior to his binge in Atlantic City. Now he was going to do the whole program. Now he was going to do the program in its entirety. He trembled as he went about. That's, the, that's why we need step 10. And that's why we don't wait on step 10. We do step 10. For this, for this might mean ruin, particularly to a person in his line of business. What was his line of business? He was a doctor. Now, it's one thing to deal with a drunk insurance agent. It's one thing to deal with a drunk butcher. It's one thing to deal with a drunk shoe salesman. But when you're dealing with an alcoholic physician, that's a whole other situation. And he knew be because of his binge, because of what he did in Atlantic City, he knew inherently he couldn't get away with not doing the whole program. And so he was now going to do the program in its entirety. Now, what is the final result here? Not only does, does this illustrate perfectly that when, you, when I walk to God, God runs to me. Not only does it illustrate that perfectly, but what it also illustrates is I must do the program. I must take action. When I walk to God, God runs to me. And when I show God that I'm willing to take that action by taking the action, not by philosophizing or thinking about it, he puts miracles in my path beyond my wildest comprehension. And I have found that to be the case for a long, long time. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Harlan. And now we have time for um, at least two more shares. Who would like to be those two people? And then we'll see where we're at. Elizabeth H. Oh, I, I didn't get either one of you. Let's Elizabeth H. Elizabeth. And who was after Elizabeth? Amy G. Amy G. Okay. And and please, Elizabeth, give me your initial of your last name again. And um and it's your turn. Um Elizabeth D. Can I be heard? Yes, Elizabeth D. Thank you for your service and um thank you to everyone who shared. It's um been a wonderful meeting. Um yeah, um this is a very important paragraph and it's um, I remember um, before I did my amends, um, the gut-wrenching fear that I had uh, that I was, uh, when I needed to make these amends, facing mm -hmm. some people that, who had, um, that I really didn't want to face. Um, not, because, um, not because I felt I'd done something terrible to them, but because they had wronged me. And yet I was holding on to this resentment toward and it was making it impossible for me to keep to move on with my life um, and it the idea of facing people who I felt had wronged me seemed like an injustice that i that i and I just didn't know how I was going to do it. It was inconceivable that I might actually face them. but what I learned in doing the process is that armed with the desperation that I had of a drowning person, I was drowning in compulsive overeating i I was dying from the disease. I knew that there was no other choice but for me to clean up my side of the street. 
And what I wanted to say um, that it's, and so I went forward. Um, and what I, I also want to say is that taken out of context, this one paragraph seems very scary, but remember there are 10 pages of instructions on how to do this work the way Dr. Bob did it, 10 pages of instructions earlier in the book. And it's part of a whole process that it involves it involved, for me, help from wise, recovered people who walked the path before me. It involved a great deal of prayer, and the steps before that had helped me improve my prayer and had brought me closer to the higher power who helped me take me those last final steps to do what I thought had been inconceivable, and it turned out it wasn't inconceivable as I got closer to it. So this is part of a process that I have learned over time that I need to trust the process. And I love what I heard that when I walk to God, God runs to me, and miracles, unbelievable miracles happened to me when I finally did take the bull by the horns and um, and and make these amends. My life has become in, unimaginably better as a result of doing it, and I still do it to this day when when I need to. Um, so I'm very very grateful for the opportunity to share, and I'm forever grateful for these steps, for the process that they represent, one at a time, done in sequence, um, that that brought me to this place. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Elizabeth D. and Amy G. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. I know time is short. I'll be quick. I'm not going to say anything new here, but I so agree with what everyone has said. You know, the saying in the rooms is that this is not a program of suggestions. It's a suggested program. And then if I'm going to follow the suggested program, that I'm going to do everything that is in. I have to be all in for this program to work. And it's said again and again that without making these amends, without cleaning the cleaning house, cleaning up the wreckage of the past, that my ability to stay sober and abstinent is not going to happen. And, and, and we know, we saw a perfect example going through the last couple of paragraphs when he said anything but that is what Dr. Bob said. And yet he realized after getting drunk again that this had to happen. And for me, even though I was terrified of my amends as well and feared being prosecuted and putting in jail for some of my financial amends, it became scarier for me to relapse than it did to go move forward into what it was that I needed to do. And I had to trust in what those who had recovered and gone before, showing me the way, helping me work through this list, helping me figure out who to make amends to, who to not make amends to, and then to take that bull by the horns, bit in the teeth. I love the way that Bill describes what it is that we need to do because I was terrified. But then again, after these amends or before we're halfway through, let's not forget about the promises. The promises come because for me in the amends processes, I had many surprises as well because God did for me what I could not do for myself. In this program, we act our way into a new way of thinking and believing. If I had waited till I felt right or because I thought that I was going to be ready to make amends, I never would have made them. I had to just do and think later. And what I did go and do what I needed to do, God showed up. Just like Harlan was saying, because God showed up and revealed to me a higher power in my life when I could have not done what was done before. And the promises are there. Just real quick, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We're not going to regret the draft and shut the door on it. 
I mean, there's more there on pages 82 and 83. But I'm so grateful because that was the turning point in my recovery with my relationship and my higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And Amy will be our last share today. And I want to thank everybody who um, helped to put this meeting on this morning and everyone who shared and everyone who who turned <laughs> called in to to be with us today. The share ID for today's date, which is Friday, May 8th, 2020, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 14,585-14585. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, and Susan H. is going to do that for us. Good morning, Susan. Hi. Thanks for all your service. I'm Susan H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.